So this is Aaron Talks, and I have a special guest, Mike Dorsey. Um, this is the beginning of the Husband Files. And this series, I'm going to be meeting with uh, husbands um, for various, in kind of various stages of marriage and just really having a real raw and in-depth conversation and, and, and restoring and building and healing. And, the, and what I like about, you know, this conversation is that, it, you know, it's two brothers actually talking about marriage and talking about how beautiful it is and some of our challenges and stuff. So, um, you know, we really just want to get, get, get into it, um, Mike, you know, so I'll just do a brief introduction. Uh, so Mike Dorsey is a husband and father, personal development coach and communications consultant. Uh, he is, uh, a po- he also has his own podcast, Black, Black Fathers Now podcast, and he is a writer of Dynamic Black Fatherhood Manifesto. Um, he have been married, um, and you put between 10 to 15 years, but we'll get more into detail about that. So, uh, welcome, Mike. Thank you for being the first guest on Aaron Talks. Man, thank you, man. I feel honored to come on your show, man. You are really doing some great work, brother. Uh, thank you, man. Thank you. So I would really want to uh, just really just, and this remember, this is therapy out in the open. So imagine if we're sitting on the couch, just chopping it up. Um, so I really just want to really just talk about marriage and some of the challenges some of the beauty of it. So I guess kind of first question is, uh, how long you guys been together? Oh, man, dude, at the time of this recording, my man, we actually are just about to celebrate our 11th year wedding anniversary. So, um, wow. yeah, man, it's July the 18th. We celebrate 11 years together, married, and we dated for almost four years prior to that. And uh, okay. so, yeah, man, so been together almost 15 years now. Oh, so where did you guys meet? Man, dude, it was actually an interesting uh, scenario. We were actually hooked up, right? And this was all prior to the the influx of online dating and all of that. My godmother's niece was my wife, Maisha's best friend from college. And so my godmother got to know her while my while her niece and my wife, Maisha, were in college. I never knew them, never met them or whatnot. But my godmother got to know her and long story short played the hookup and said mike you need to meet this girl maisha she's cute i think y'all would be nice together and so long story short my godmother pam shout out to godmother pam she um (laughs) you know she played cupid and 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 played the hookup between my wife and i that's awesome man that's awesome so you so like how were you prior to that like are you the type to like go up and holler at somebody like was at that point was you like struggling man um, or, were you, or were you dating around oh my goodness dude so when when she and i met we met at the end of 2005 and so literally i was right before i turned 26 and so i had so basically i was in that couple of years right after college and so um for a lot of us you know we're still in that i'm finding myself mindset or mode you know what i'm saying but the caveat is you're no longer the broke college student you're now the brother that's a professional that's trying to find yourself and so you're basically living college life but with a a couple more dollars in your pocket you know what i'm saying and so for me that was life you know partying traveling kicking it with the fellas doing this doing that and um but i always did want a relationship and you know a few years prior to you know meeting my you know now wife um i I was in a serious relationship which did not have um uh, positive outcomes so to speak and that literally made me want to not necessarily be solidified into a relationship at 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 that given moment but the reality was who I am. I am one who thrives in a relationship setting. So it's kind of like God knew what I didn't know, and you know, right, right, right. Yeah. So you need that's good. but that's good that you yeah. you can recognize that because you know, you know, I, I, being a therapist, I hear a lot. You know, a lot of people. You know, a lot of dudes. You know, like to be able to you know have their fun and, and not really be committed to something. You know, mm-hmm. so not, not say all, but you yeah, know, oh, some, I, and really and how and how to how to you know navigate that and manage you know the. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So that's so that's so also then you how did you know that she was the one? Dude, check this out, man. I, I've you know talked about this on on various stages or whatnot, but long story short, I had a coworker and um I went to her wedding and at the wedding reception, her husband 
you know, got up and talked to the crowd and he said, you know, I'm a I'm a son of, you know, of my mom. I'm a mama's boy, a self-ascribed mama's boy. And I felt a kindred spirit to that because I call myself a mama's boy. And um, but then he also said he was one of three boys like myself. And he also mentioned something that really just struck a chord with me. He said, you know, when he met his you know, wife at the time, he said that, you know, a lot of people asked, how did I know that she was the one? And what he said literally sent chills up my spine because that was the thing that was the litmus test for me. He said the moment that I recognized that I was okay with my wife being the number one woman in my life, supplanting my mother in that position, I knew that I was okay moving forward and she was the one. And for me, being a mama's boy, it was that was one of those things that really, you know, resonated because I was like, am I okay with this woman supplanting my mother as the top woman in my life? And the moment that I was comfortable with that was the moment that I was like, she's the one. And so so it's more than just a physical thing. It's more than just, you know, you know, finances and all of that. It's really looking at it from a from an equally yoked spiritual perspective and from a values perspective um, and realizing that as you join together with your wife, you become one. And that is the ultimate nucleus for the rest of your life or supposed to be for that matter. And the moment that I came to that conclusion or I came to peace with I was okay with Maisha Jones becoming Maisha Dorsey and becoming the most important woman in my life was the moment that I was like, it's time for me to buy a ring. Wow. And you know what, Mike, that's very valuable, that information, because I've never heard uh, it come from that perspective in terms of knowing when, uh, you know, the woman that you're with is the actual one. So I I think uh, a lot of brothers who will be, you know, listening can appreciate that angle and kind of like really just think um kind of like holistically about you know when they're kind of trying to narrow it down is this the person that they want to be from that perspective so in terms of the um kind of the questionnaire that i kind of like gave you to like to kind of think about and some of the questions were is like why is marriage important and you said because it's the foundation Uh that was your response so yes can you tell me a little bit more about what you mean by it's the foundation you know, um, you know, I, I'm one that really believes in order, right? Um, I believe everything has its time, everything has its place, and every time is not the right time, right? And every place is not the right place. But I believe that everything does have order and things do go in sequence. And as it pertains to, you know, the building of a family and the creation of a legacy and um you know, growing and developing individually, but then collectively as a unit, I believe that order is important. And a lot of times we run into difficulties when we try to disrupt the order of how things were divinely designed. And so for me, as it pertains to foundation, I'm a firm believer that as it pertains to building family, again, I know everybody's situation and circumstances are different. And I'm just coming at, and I'm not saying this to to knock anyone whose circumstances, situations, or beliefs may be different from mine. I'm just talking about it from a pure, you know, personal standpoint. I personally believe that, you know, that nucleus of marriage, that nucleus of, you know, us coming together in love and support and commitment is the foundation to build any and everything going forward, whether it's, you know, children, whether it's, you know, legacy and finance and support and family stuff. I mean, I, I just think that's the foundation to it all in my personal belief. structure. Okay, right. And, and, and this comes solely from your perspective. So I can, so I can definitely appreciate that. Mm-hmm. So now in terms of like, now we're talking about healing and restoring and, and, and the husband father is really about some of the concerns that we have or some of the issues kind of looking within ourselves uh-huh. so the question was is like what area do you feel like you need to, to improve on uh-huh. and your response was more intimate time with husband and wife uh-huh. and sometimes intimacy you know intimacy you know we can kind of confuse it with you know with sex uh-huh. sometimes there'd be a little bit of both uh-huh. so tell me a little bit more about what did you mean by more intimate time with husband and wife yeah i mean uh, being, being 100 which i mean intimate time does 
include sex. Like let's let's not right. let's, <laughs> let's not let's not sugarcoat that bad boy. We both married here. Come on now. You know what they say? The Lord is my shepherd. He know what I want. Right. That's right. <laughs> so, uh, so to to be honest, like when I, when I say intimate time, um, because we are parents, right? We have a nine year old and a seven year old, and we're also recording this in the midst of this Corona crisis, which has, right, in essence, kept us pretty much quarantined. Where you know we enjoy family time, but you know we, we're getting more family time <laughs> than we actually more, more than ever yeah more, more than, than ever. ever that's right more than we've actually planned for and um and so to that point when i say more intimate time with my wife it's really being intentional about carving out time for us so whether that is like we're talking about the you know the sex thing and you know really spending intimate time there or whether it's just spending time talking and you know relaxing and laughing and looking at adult stuff so not necessarily having to watch a movie that's g or pg rated like being able right. to just you know be us you know without restriction i think that's something that we have to continuously build into our you know into our livelihood because it's very easy especially when kids come into the mix um to shift your attention from your spouse to your kids and your spouse in essence get then gets the leftover and right. you know and sometimes as a husband i feel that way you know what i'm saying just being completely transparent where the kids get the best of her and then i'm like okay maybe and she, i and then she, and then she tired that's right, right. that's no, that's right no, then no, i'm like no, no. right you just left, left it to dry yeah I'm, like, you know? I'm tapping on the shoulder like all right girl come on now i just saved my energy come on you know, but, but then the flip side of it is I know that that becomes the case with her as well, where sometimes the kids get the best of me or, you know, they get the best of my attention. And then when it's time for her to want to talk about something or to spend time just relaxing and laying on the couch together or whatever, maybe my mind is somewhere else. And so it's really about being intentional about keeping us at the core of it, because, again, we have a nine and a seven year old and we, we thought about this the other day. We literally are 10 years away from both of our kids being off somewhere, whether they're off to college or off to start businesses or off to do whatever, you know, to travel the world, whatever they're doing. They're 10 years away from finishing high school. So a decade from now, it's going to be back to us again anyway. And so, well, well, you know, Mike, you have, it's good that you have that insight into that, uh -huh. you know, um, so, you know, I guess part of your, your being a personal development coach and communication consultant, you have that, that insight and that awareness, you know, oftentimes when uh, I see clients, it's, it's a challenge because they don't have that insight and all they see is kind of the disconnect uh -huh. and, and, and people are feeling neglected, you know, so it's like, even though you have that awareness, um, and even on my end, you know, I've been married six years. Uh, it'll be six years next month. Uh -huh. And we have a, a three-year-old and a one-year-old. And it is very challenging um, to have that uh, alone time, especially when you have the one-year-old that's like literally right in the middle of the bed yep. uh, in between us, you know? So <laughs> it's like, and it's like, how do you continue to foster, you know, that relationship and foster um, connection? Because, you know, you have children and now with COVID time now we are together all day um long and literally like exhausted from the time you wake up it's like activities it's lunchtime then it's snack time and then you know working from home it's like so it's like so many things uh -huh. it's like how do you kind of be intentional about um that intimacy um there are couples that make a kind of and I recommend it uh kind of like have sex two to three times a week uh -huh. and kind of make it a, a goal <laughs> and, uh -huh. and then I come back and check with them the following week is like nah we wasn't able to do it you know even when you make these benchmarks it's like like when you're in your life it's just uh, overwhelming uh -huh. and seem like it can't be a, attainable so how you know first of all do y'all meet the, the benchmark do you uh -huh. like is, is are you meeting like is your needs being met in terms of uh, quantity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say on a personal level, yes, the needs are being met from a quantity perspective, and um, but it it does take intention, and um, and sometimes, and it's a challenge because you know, you know, guys and ladies, you know, sometimes we have different you know needs and 
different requirements and it is not drawn directly on like the gender line like some guys need more physical and some guys need more less physical on the flip side you got some ladies who are needing more physical and some that are needing less physical and just some needing more talking time and more just intimate you know relaxing time together whatever it may be right we're all wired differently on a personal level yes my needs are being met and and but i do believe and i and i will be honest that that is a constant um conversation that we have to constantly revisit like that intimate time and and we're not just talking about sex but we're talking about all intimacy you know just closeness between the two of you all i think intimate time is something that is like a moving target that it's not like hey we did it last week or we had three discussions last week or we had three conversations you know so i did it i checked the box and i'm done right because that i think some of us when we get too robotic in the scheduling of it it gets robotic and it removes the emotional connection that we yearn for because sometimes the physical interaction is just a manifestation of that emotional connection that we look to bring together or sometimes just sitting there on the sofa and talking about the random the randomness you saw on ig you know yesterday is that intimate emotional connection that you're looking to to garner and it's not always just about the physicality of it and so that's the challenge that i face in regards to you know trying to plan like okay tuesday and thursday we're gonna do this we're gonna do that we're gonna you know it's just like i want to keep some randomness and spontaneity there um but with a family right but how do you do that right so right so you know how do you do that with uh, with family and children and a home and a business responsibilities? Mm-hmm. It feels like it becomes a part of yes, um, becomes a like another chore. And mm-hmm. and, that, and this and this you know sad to say that it feels like that becomes another like to do to do list. All right, now do the laundry, let's mm-hmm. go and have sex, and then go you know wash bottles. You know, mm-hmm. so it's like, and I feel like in marriages, you know, we lose that spontaneity. Mm. Um, and that's what kind of starts to kill um, the, the the zest of, mm. of because, because the sex becomes another chore. You know, you yeah. know when you're single, you're not, you know, like you, you yeah. got a date and then you mm. come back to the, you know, you come back to the crib, you know, it's expected. It's like mm-hmm. that excitement. You know, the woman is getting ready. She mm-hmm. feels excited. You know, my wife talked about that all the time. She missed, mm-hmm. um, yep. you know, getting ready, me scooping her up. Um, when we was younger, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, that whole presentation, it just creates for, like, a mis- a, mis- a mis- you know, mystique. Mm-hmm. But we lose that. You know, we in the same house, we, you know, mm-hmm. trying to get the kids ready, leave them with the babysitter, you know, and then go out, you know, when the world was open. You know, while we enjoyed that, we kind of lose that, um, the spontaneity, like I said before. Hold, hold on, dude. But, 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 but so, but to that point, can we, can we expound on that a little bit? Yeah. So you know, um, there's a uh, there's a song. There's an artist. His name is Dwelle. B W E L E A. B W E L E. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he had a song, and the title of it, "I'm Cheating on My Girl." I think it's called "Cheating," but the tagline was "I'm Cheating on My Girl with My Girl." Right. And so the whole concept was, you know, it was like, you know he was imagining or she was creating like these different characters. It's kind of like playing dress up, so to speak, right? And I mean, it's not necessarily about playing dress up, but it's the whole concept of how do you intentionally create spontaneity with your spouse? And I think it goes back to, um, you know, we we talk about being intentional, but I also want to throw another concept in there and and it's the concept of service, right? And so if I am serving my wife right that means i am trying to bring something to her that you know that brings value that serves a need that quenches a thirst you know whatever that is that's what i'm attempting to do on the flip side if my wife is serving me meaning she's bringing something to the table that you know is quenching my thirst that is bringing something that uh, allows me to you know basically feel satisfied and if we both approach each other with the spirit of intentionality and it's not an or and service then to me it takes the roboticism the roboticism if that's a word out of the uh, <laughs> out of the the lexicon so to speak and it becomes you know what i'm doing what's necessary for her to be served so that might mean that I'm not pushing up on her in the middle of the night, tapping her on her shoulder. 
for her to be served, maybe it's she just wants me to, you know, to cuddle and hold on to her. And that's me right. serving her. On the flip side. So when did, so when did you learn, like, when did you learn these uh, these principles? And and do you attribute it to your profession that you have that, that you know, you're, you're able to, to do these things? And are you able to? So it's like three part question. Uh-huh. And are you able to do them? Mm. So when did I? So I'm going to tell you, man, it's um. You can read all the books in the world. You can have all the sessions in the world and all of that. I think it's a concept that's kind of floated out there. You don't ride a bike or you don't learn how to ride a bike by watching a video, right? You actually have to kind of get on the bike and start practicing, right? And so for me, it was literally trial. It's lit- well, it's not was. It's in the current process of you know growing and developing, but it's trial and error, right? You see things that work. You see things that don't work. And the biggest thing is paying attention. So when you see something that doesn't work, ask questions why. It's like, yo, you didn't like that or what's going on or why not this or why not that? And you're asking questions and you're getting feedback. And when you get feedback, you iterate or you pivot to things that are an improvement upon what happened. And so for me, that was something, it wasn't like a, it wasn't like a, a aha moment. It was one of those things where, you know, I'm always in the space of personal development and listening to, you know, podcasts and YouTube videos and watching and seeing best practices right. and, and all of that. And one of the things that I'm learning about those that are like peak performers is that peak performers a lot of times are self-driven, but they're self-driven from the standpoint of wanting to constantly improve. It's not like there's a target and once I cross the finish line, I can kick my feet up. It's like, okay, I crossed that finish line, but then how do I tweak that? How do I want to maintain it? Yeah, well, not just maintaining, it's, it's about how do I improve upon that? You know, it's just like I did the four minute mile. I haven't done this, but somebody runs a four minute mile and then they're like, okay, how can I run it in 355? Okay, I've done 355, but how can I do it in 340? You know, it's just like it's this constant, you know, state of improvement. And I think in our relationships, we have to approach it from the standpoint of being in a constant state of improvement and not resting on our laurels of saying, okay, I did that. I checked the box. So, well, you know, well, you know what, Mike, what I was saying, maintain, because I'm, I'm thinking of, you know, therapy. Yes. And, and, and like they're about to open. It's, it seems like you have the, 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 like I said, you have the awareness and the knowledge of it. Uh-huh. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of the listeners here in terms of is like, I don't know where to like, gotcha. I know there's an issue. I don't know where to start. Uh-huh. And the biggest thing where they come back every week is maintenance. Uh-huh. So you've gotten to, you've gotten to the place in terms of in where you are in your marriage, where you you recognize it and you can say, okay, I want to build and improve. Yes. We have, we have some brothers out here that I, they don't even recognize uh-huh. it. They don't know where to start. And it's like, okay, so that's why we start with a schedule. Oh. Oh. And then it kind of becomes automatic. Gotcha. After that, so it's like, okay, so how you be intentional mm. about creating that intimacy? You have to you have to schedule sex. You gotcha. have to schedule dates. Uh-huh. Um, and it's like, check it next week, Dad. We can get to do it. Uh-huh. Okay, where did you where did you go wrong? Where did you fall short? And what can you do to improve it? That you know the next. Mm. So the biggest the biggest thing among um, brothers. Um, and, and and husbands is consistency. Mm-hmm. That is, I feel and, you. and being and being and being uh, aware of it. Mm. So I have, you know, I got, I have, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I, you know, this brother, I have to say, hey, put that in your phone. Uh, if you know that it's important for her for you to take out the garbage, uh-huh. set a reminder on your phone because if that is what causes the issue in your yes. relationship, then take the dang garbage out. <laughs> right. Right, but it, but the brother, right? Uh-huh. It, it, to you and I, it seems very you know easy to do, but it's very that just the, the way their brain is wired. Uh-huh. Just like, bro, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't remember. Well, check, and I don't think it's a big deal. Well, hold on, now, I'm, I'm gonna throw something there and see. This is one of one of the biggest life hacks that um, that anybody on, on across any spectrum, across any industry segment, uh, anything. One of the biggest life hacks or the quickest life hack is to change your environment right so when i say change your environment my grandmother one of my grandmothers used to always use this quote and she said association leads to assimilation right Mm. association leads to assimilation and what that means is if you associate long enough eventually you assimilate to that so i think a lot of the challenges that brothers face to being completely transparent is the fact that if i want to grow in my marriage Am I connecting myself with other brothers who are wanting to grow in their marriage? 
Am I getting advice from other brothers who are in successful marriages or have the desire for successful marriages? Or am I the only married brother in my crew? Everybody else is single, dogging their, you know, the girlfriends or whatever out and doing their thing. Right, because but that's usually but that's that's usually what the case is, right? So that's it's usually that right. Usually you you're the only one married or your homeboy is in a marriage that's not really happy himself. That, that and so you know what I'm saying so and that, so that's so that's we get your feedback from from your you know yes. your, your barber yes. that is single. Yes. you know what I'm saying. So but that's the but that's the life hack. And so to me that that thing is being able to recognize that okay, this is not a best practice. It's kind of like if I want to go learn how to build a house, am I going to have conversations with somebody who's never hammered a nail in before right like mm, not necessarily but in relationships we do that you know we got the dude who got you know who's done this and done that who's out there in the streets doing his thing we asking him about relationship advice now maybe he's good to tell us what not to do but the reality is do i want to model my marriage that i want to build on that i want to continue until the day i die right do i want to model that off of the advice i'm getting from the brother who's you know, doesn't believe in marriage or who doesn't believe in this or doesn't believe in that. So when I say like life hacks of changing your environment, it doesn't always mean that you physically have to move. But as it pertains to relationship conversations, maybe I'm not going to have relationship conversations with that type of brother who can't really offer me advice in that segment. And I need to seek out uh, you know, and, another crew. And that's why. And, that, and that's why therapy is so important. Yes. Um, you know, sometimes we're so misguided because we we, we value our homeboys, mm-hmm. we value their opinion. Yeah. Uh, first of all, we feel trusted to, to to even have a conversation with them. So if we once we do, we're going to tend to go back to that person to kind of vent and and sometimes they may say, "Bro, you know what you should do," and it mm-hmm. may not it may not always be. Um, you know, advice that they're asking for it may just be venting, and then they coming back with you know, kind of rebuttal of information. Can I can but, I can I you know, can I drop something right there though? Like what you just said, which I think is really important. The the I, I listened to is a documentary that's talking about Marcus Garvey the other day, and one of the things that you know, Marcus Garvey, great guy, he, he you know the UNIA did his thing, but they said one of the challenges that Marcus Garvey had in the creation of everything, creation of his movement was the fact that he valued loyalty over competency at times. And I think that goes to what you're talking about. We value, as homeboys, we value loyalty of our homeboy over their competency as it pertains to relationships. And that potentially can be a a bomb that can blow up in our face in regards to creating that successful relationship. Right. If you don't, especially if you don't recognize it. Yes. Because this is your go-to, this is your go-to person and you might not, not look at the trajectory of them like, bro, okay, so he hasn't had the most success, but what is success? It may not be um, the longevity of relationships. It's that he smashed mad chicks uh-huh. and that could equate to success. So he got mad chicks, uh-huh. you know what I'm saying? He always went on different dates. He had this one, he had that one. Um, that could equate to success too. So therefore, he must know what he's talking about. Uh. So that's why, you know, having someone with some, you know, qualified background, but a qualified background to kind of give you that insight and also allow you to put that mirror up and see some of the shortcomings that you're bringing to the table. Yes. And I always tell my, you know, brothers that perception is a mother uh. because you are going in from your lens. And I said, oftentimes our lens can be very, very jaded and distorted um, just because you're living in your life. You're living your, your best life and you don't have a mirror up to yourself. You don't see some of your behaviors. You don't see your facial expressions. You don't have insight in, in, you know, into some of the things that you're doing. All you see really is how people respond to you. Mm, that's now, real. Now, when you're, ab- right, when you're able to have kind of that reflection and able to self-reflect like, hmm, this is... You know where I did wrong, and this is what I do wrong. Prior to getting married, out of you know the relationship that I've been in, I always kind of assessed where um, areas I could improve and how I could do different in the next situation. You know, in the- uh-huh. and I always ask my client, okay, what did you learn from that relationship? You know, what do you want to take with you, and what do you want to leave behind? Um, when you're going into a new relationship. So when you can kind of have those kind of real conversations with yourself, especially as a man, I feel like, you know, that's very, very healthy and very, very helpful. A lot of husbands, when they're coming 
to the couch finally to get therapy. It's like really uh. about teaching them how to do that, teaching them how to, how to, to, to be reflective, teaching them that kind of look at yourself and look at the areas that you need to improve on. Not so much pointing the finger at your wife so much, but also pointing the finger at at yourself. So, you know, you being the first uh, on the husband files, you're like kicking off very well with a lot of knowledge and a lot of information. But what would you say your wife, what would you say your, you know, thinking, your wife now, what mm, like, what I can improve, can improve on? on? Yeah. Yeah, from not from yeah. your wife. Because like I said, you're coming from your lens and as much knowledge huh? and books and podcasts that you do, you you know, mm. What would she say? What would she say? Oh, she would Mrs. say Stokes that um, sometimes, not sometimes, she would say that I become very excited and I take over a conversation, right? And and that's something I have to be mindful of because one of the things that I have to, you know, for folks that don't know me, um, I think out loud. So when I go back and forth with different perspectives, it's not about challenging you. It's about me throwing different things out there for my own self, from my the way my brain works, so to speak, to understand it um, from different lenses and different angles and different perspectives. And then I can process and internalize it, but it comes off as me being combative at times. And so I have to be mindful in how I communicate because folks think that I'm you know, challenging them and I'm, you know, being combative and I'm trying to argue them down. And I'm like, I'm not arguing. I'm just trying to, in essence, throw different angles at it so that I can process it. And it's not even about you. It's about me. And so for me, that's something I have to be mindful of, of how it comes off. Right. Like I can also. Oh, well, well, sometimes what I'll tell you is for my wife, it comes off like she at times doesn't feel heard even though I'm listening intently, but because I'm coming back with questions and I'm one that throws different angles and different things, I'm not trying to poke holes in your story. I'm just trying to understand it for myself better because anything that she puts out there, I want to be a part of and I want to understand and I want to have, you know, like an intimate knowledge of that. And for me to do so, I have to see it from a lot of different angles and I have to be cautious at times because me communicating like that comes off as if I'm being combative but the reality I'm just trying to learn more and get it's like I'm doing more of a deep dive and from again this is just how my brain works and that becomes challenging to her at times because then she shuts down and is just like eh forget it I'm you know maybe she just wants to scratch the surface I'm not one but you're going, but you, but you going. That's you're going right. That's right. And so that's the thing. So sometimes like she, something, she just wants to make a comment. Like she might want to just talk about a headline. I want to know about the article, the writer, you know, where the writer came from, their background. <laughs> That could, it can, that it could can be, but that's the thing, right? and, and and I have to, I have to catch yeah. myself and realize that that's not, um, that's not always healthy, right? Especially when somebody just wants to skim the surface. It's okay to just skim the surface sometimes, and I have to give myself permission to not have to go to the root of everything, but just skim the surface. So that's definitely one that I personally and I have to I have to work on. I mean, even like in this conversation here, I am so used to you know asking and adding into. I'm not trying to be combative, but I have to catch myself because when I listen back to conversations, sometimes I feel like I took over a conversation and I wasn't intending to. This was just adding to it, but then also the conversation is how I process. I process out loud, and you know, so I'm basically thinking as I go at times. And so, so yeah, that's definitely off the top one that I need to work on. Um, another one is patience. Um, I definitely have to work on being more patient. So you have patience. I, I have it, but at times, you know, it, it gets um, <laughs> it gets compromised. And so, um, so I have to definitely work on it. So I'm on a personal level, I'm really working on, you know, building my patience um, in regards to, you know, getting things done and giving people the time or my wife the time to process something if needed versus, you know, I like, I want it done right now. Let's go. Yeah, let's move. Let's right go. Now. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> so, right. So that, so like when people come in with those type of um, 
concerns. I always say that that's really that's a yes. personality, right? So, and and that's why I was talking about earlier about like uh-huh. maintenance. So it's like you have to be intentional about making those shifts and making those changes. So it's like it won't be automatic, as you see. It's something that you've been you know trying to work on and kind of you know aware of, but it's like still yes. kind of a struggle for you, from what I'm hearing. So that's where the the kind of like setting goals or being mindful or say, you know, I'm going to, going to interject uh-huh. maybe two times. It may sound silly. And when I make those recommendations or those suggestions to clients, but it really holds you accountable and makes you, holds you to a deeper awareness of your uh-huh. behavior. Because you have you have that insight, right? You have that awareness, but then that also allow you to intellectualize it and kind of allow you to continue that behavior, right? So you're like, I'm aware of it, I know it, and I know why I do it. But the, where is that holds you to a, a more of a higher calling, higher standard to actually work on? Oh, what I'm saying. So that's where, yeah. So so that's where that really holding um, yourself accountable by tangible benchmarks tangible tools to really be mindful um, about it or even using self-talk uh-huh. with the patients like in terms of like you know chill Mike like everybody doesn't work the way I work or work the way uh-huh. I function you know um, in terms of being mindful of, of that so you would say Mrs. so Mrs. Dorsey would say in terms of like um, like interjecting or over intellectualizing things and then patience is there anything else she, she would um, um, I mean Honestly, those would probably be the top two is um, patience and over intellectualizing everything and not just letting things be at times, you know, like that's um, that's something that I really have to I, I really have to work on. And that's something I believe she would really off the top, you know, say like, yo, <laughs> dude, you need to work on this and um, trying to think like right now. Um, and you mentioned the whole concept of of like the of goal setting and being very tangible. Um, she is actually more tangible and structured than I am. Like I'm literally more of the creative. I'm more of like the visionary thoughts and let's you know let's think about this. Let's try that. But we're a great match because she's definitely more about strategic execution than I am. Right. And so for me, it's. Right. Another thing that I would have to that I think she would bring to the table would be, you know, um, the big vision is fine. The, you know, the 10 years from now is fine. The ultimate impact goal is fine. But what are you doing like today or tomorrow? Yeah. Yeah. So so like those baby steps. And that's where I think guys or, you know, brothers who are would be a self-ascribed, you know, visionary thinker, so to speak where we have challenges is we can see the big vision. We can see around the corners. Like I can see a decade from now, but I might not be able to see, you know, 3 PM today. You know what I'm saying? And that's part of, it's like reverse engineering it and starting with one foot in front of the other and almost slowing down, so to speak, like keep the North star of that big vision there, but reverse engineering it and then taking your baby steps to get there is where um, where I definitely need to work on personally, but then also to surround myself with individuals who help me and uh, help me and hold me accountable to that, so that um, so that I can you know stay who I am, but I can also capitalize on actually getting there by having people whose gifting is the baby steps. You know what I'm saying? Right. So surrounding yourself with, the, yes. with those people. Um, and, 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 and kind of getting those tools. You know, I hear a lot in terms of when I work with couples, um, how those differences can kind of be kind of challenging sometimes in terms of um, when one person has one vision, another person has another vision, and how do you uh, mm. work together with, with those differences? So how do you guys, being that she's more kind of like concrete and and, and strategic and you've been, you know you're very creative and maybe a little bit more uh-huh. free flowing how does that how do you guys navigate that those those differences in terms of decision making whether it be about you know, you know purchasing uh, 
purchasing kind of mm-hmm. investment property or like the goals mm-hmm. for the family? Like, I would say, honestly, man, the the ultimate vision or long term goal is consistent, right? It's like we're on the same page in regards to what it is we want as a family and the type of life that we want to live and the impact and, you know, what we desire for our kids and grandkids and all of that. I think that has to be unified, right? The ultimate North Star has to be unified and for us the north star is unified the challenge for us but we're actually looking at it's basically like deploying your gifts together is that i can see the long term she's on board with and agrees with and is 100 game for the long term she is just more attuned with the daily steps to get there and so it's like learning how to deploy your gifts in concert with each other so that, you know, I'm cool with releasing, you know, her structuring, organizing and and putting a plan or schedule together because I, that's not my gift. You know what I'm saying? But then she's. So you, so, so you, so you're allowed, so you, you, you feel comfortable and all right with allowing her to, to leave absolutely man i encourage it like that's one of the things where it's it's like i think i heard mike tyson say on his uh his podcast he said i know who i am i know what i'm not and he said something to the extent i know who i am i know what i'm not and i know what i do something to that extent i mean i'm loosely paraphrasing it but long story short i think for all of us everything starts with you know self-awareness understanding where you're good where you're not and literally knowing that and not trying to be something that you're not i know that i'm not that you know that baby step structural whatever person in some instances but i've been blessed to be married to someone who actually is that it goes back to what we said before you know my belief structure i mean like god gave me what i needed (laughs) you know right and 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 you allow her to and you don't feel slighted you absolutely Right. So that so so that's 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 awesome. That's awesome too. And the thing is, is that I think what's key is maybe she don't make you feel that's, of a man dude. As that's well. big. That's, that's big. Because that's because that's usually mm-hmm. the component, right? So she may have a strength. She may have be a little bit more like methodical and logical in those areas, but she also highlights your strengths and 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 uh, allows you to to be who you are and doesn't. Um, you know, absolutely, or something like that. So, I think that's key too. So, it's, it's two components. So, a lot of um, men that do come to therapy, or when I do a lot of couple sessions, is that a lot of that was going on. So, on top of maybe him not being uh, having strength in those areas, on top of that, she kind of maybe feeds information that allows him to feel like not valued uh-huh. as a man. So, he doesn't feel vulnerable enough to allow her to lead in that area. So it becomes kind of combative and argument, you know, kind of causes arguments when it necessarily shouldn't because, bro, you're not strong in that area. And and if you are a team, it's like, why not use each other's strengths? So if he doesn't feel like he has strengths or unaware of his strengths, then it's like, what am I bringing to the table? So that causes kind of that anger and um, absolutely. Frustration. So, um, you know, in true therapy fashion, you know, we were coming to uh, a close. Um, and usually, yeah, I, back in the day, man, I'm gonna tell you, like, growing up, we used to do therapy a decent amount because, you know, we had some family dynamics that were, you know, challenging at times. So, yeah, so growing up, we did, uh, we did a decent amount of, you know, therapy and counseling and, you know, one on one family stuff. But, uh, but to be completely honest, I have not done a therapy session. This is, I've not done an actual therapy session personally as an adult, but caveat, I used to work in pharmaceutical sales and I was in the mental health segment. So I used to have like crazy conversations with psychiatrists, psychologists, social workers and all of that. So I basically, I guess, inadvertently got therapy sessions for. (laughs) Right. But not, but not that, but not that one-on-one intimate, like sit down on the couch where you can, Kind of be so where so where do you get to be like uh not Mike uh-huh. Garcia the speaker um the husband or you know the dad you know black fathers now like where do you how do you unwind and because it's a lot 
in terms of being yes. being a husband and, and, and being a dad. And that's why I emphasize black yes. men going to therapy. Um, you know, for, for black men, single and, and married, but you mm-hmm. know, this is the husband's file. So where do you, uh, you know, re- mm-hmm. release, uh, you know, unwind where you're not man. all of those those man that is a that is a very good question and so long story short man it goes back to like i was mentioning earlier the concept of association leads to assimilation and so i find relief in doing my podcast and having intimate conversations with guys in which we're talking about life issues and all and a lot of times i'm asking questions and gaining insight that's helping me Right. And it's, and it's interesting. Again, I believe that everything is orchestrated and lined up the way that it needs to to um, to give you what you need. And so I gained that through conversations with brothers from all over the world, from all walks of life that have different experiences. And I bring that in and then I can apply that or test that in my own life. Um, I exercise. Exercise is one in which I can release. Um, I list I listen to a lot of, you know, motivational, you know, uh, conversations and things of that sort which helps to empower me um my faith you know so prayer and meditation and you know reading the bible um also just having intimate conversations with other men other brothers um about life about marriage about kids and really kind of bouncing ideas off of each other and and i'm always constantly looking for opportunities to grow, to release, to unwind. And, um, and so it might not necessarily always come in a structural, you know. Right. But you, but you find a way to, to do it. And yet, and your family sees, uh, sees that. So they get the, the best of you because as, you know, as, as men, we don't really, you know, be intentional about, taking care of ourselves and our self-care so you know when we go home we are you know, maybe irritable or upset or you know angry because we're not being intentional about our self-care and and taking care of ourselves so you are very very aware of that which is very but, very good and i think but i can do better cool. man and, and i'll tell you it's interesting um i interviewed a brother his name is sean dove he he had he ran the um, campaign for black male achievement out of out of new york and he said that leaders everybody needs a therapist a mentor and an executive coach and if you don't have those three things in place you're going to have challenges leading at a high level and i took that to heart i remember it verbatim to this day and that was something that i recognize in my own life that i need to from a structural perspective put into play and so this conversation is helping me but it's also re-solidifying the need for structural therapy so that i can be the best yeah. version of myself and i'm taking i'm taking that challenge That's man right. I, I tell you i said yes. perception is the mother so you know um while i hear you know like i said you have a mm-hmm. lot of awareness but definitely you need that that um space to really be raw and, un- and unplug from the various mm-hmm. hats you wear and just really just unpack some things you know, in, in depth and in, 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 in the other conversation that we had in terms of the things that you want to work on and really hold yourself more accountable to that patience and that uh, maybe being mindful if you're over over talking or overtaking the convo with your wife so that she can feel heard as well. Because that's one thing you definitely don't want uh, your spouse to feel is that not, not feeling heard. So uh, I hope that's, you know, kind of like in this session is like, you know, what is your takeaway from our conversation today? And it's like, what's one thing you would like to do differently after our uh. talk today? So in, in 10 seconds or less, what's one thing you would like to do? Um, so now, you talk, like I always say, now that we talked about it, you're like held to a high standard, held more accountable. That's what my uh-huh. bishop say in my church. It's like can't say that I didn't tell you. Now I told you. Now you do what you want that information. But you can't say, uh-huh. oh, I didn't know. So after today, we talked about you being a little bit more aware of it. Not just saying that, intellectualizing it, that, okay, I know I do this. And now, I, you know, okay, I'm going to uh-huh. pray on it. I'm going to work on it. But it's like actual tangible uh, things 
to apply when you're overtaking or, ref- or, or, or when you're having a conversation with your wife, like being mindful, maybe counting 10, 9, 8, something so that you allow her to get her thoughts across or checking yourself. Okay, do I need to go further with this, Mike? Like, do we need to investigate this further? Like, really tangible. Man, uh, on a personal level, I think one would be to initially tease out whether or not I need to go deep or to stay on the surface. I think that's one. But then two is to structure, like to investigate structural means. So whether that's therapy, probably therapy. So investigate therapy um, to incorporate into my life so that I can build those structural mechanisms that aren't necessarily natural to me. Okay. All right. So what I'm so I hear is going to therapy to kind of give you more additional insight into your behaviors and kind of having someone to hold yes. you accountable um, to these uh, yeah. kind of practices. Okay. So wow. So our first therapy out in the open session, we have a brother that is going to consider going back to going to therapy for himself. Mm-hmm. Really Absolutely, cool. man. I appreciate it, man. <laughs> but that's what that's the premise of therapy out in the open is to give kind of like a voice or kind of give like insight into what because a lot of people still don't know what uh-huh. therapy out in the open is but therapy is so kind of just normalizing that conversation and then the husband file is even deeper especially for brothers is just having the real conversation about various issues in our marriage and things we need to work on so you know i'm hoping that you are able to follow up i do know some some therapists in the mm-hmm. Tennessee area, um, you know, I could, I could link you to. Okay. You don't know them already, and because you say you're connected to a few, so you, you know, you may not want to mm-hmm. see somebody Absolutely. that you know. Um, you, you know, you want someone that don't know you. So I can definitely, you know, hook you up with that. And um, I appreciate you being on Aaron Talks today, uh, Mike. man. Really I appreciate, appreciate the opportunity, man. I really, I really think thank you, man. Because again, this is something that I needed. And uh, I guess this can count as my first therapy session, but we'll, uh, <laughs> I'm looking forward to, to building upon that, my man. Thank you. All right. All right, man. All thank right, you, brother. Mike. So thank you, everyone, for tuning in today. This is Aaron Talks, Therapy Out in the Open, and I hope you tune in next time. Thank Bye-bye. you.